Good afternoon and welcome to Truth Worth Living, where we seek to understand God's Word so we can live in God's will. Today, as we continue our study in the book of Hebrews, we encounter the second of five major exhortations in the letter. In chapter 2, the author exhorted his readers not to neglect their great salvation because they would not escape divine retribution. Now, in this section, he exhorts them to avoid doubt in disbelief. Now, he leans on the exodus from Egypt to illustrate the devastating effects of a loss of faith. It's worth reviewing the story, I think. You'll remember that God miraculously delivers Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and they immediately began the long trek to the promised land through the wilderness. There were refiner's fires that they faced, tests along the way that were designed to improve and strengthen their faith, but the last great test was offered when they arrived at the border of Canaan. What did they do? Well, sadly, they spit the bit because they were seized with doubt and disbelief. You remember the story, it unfolds in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. Moses sends in 12 spies, Ten of them came back crying like babies, saying, The people are too big. They'll squash us like bugs. But it was who? Joshua and Caleb that had faith. They said, Look, with God's help, we will overcome. Their conviction was that the God who orchestrated their escape from Egypt was more than capable of handling the people who now occupied their inheritance. Sadly, The majority sided with the ten, and the people went backwards in unbelief rather than forwards in belief. That generation of Israelites forfeited their inheritance, and they died in the wilderness. Now, the writer quotes Psalm 95 to launch his appeal. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest." Now, because their ancestors flaked out on the doorstep of the promised land, God turned them away. While they experienced his deliverance from slavery in Egypt, they never actually finished the journey. They didn't enter into the rest and freedom of their inheritance. What the writer's saying here is, Do not replay the sins of your fathers. Learn the lessons that their failures teach us. Look at verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Now, who were they who heard and rebelled? 
Were they not all those noses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Now, there are a couple of noteworthy nuggets here. First, there is a level of peace and spiritual prosperity that is within our grasp if we choose to live by faith. Okay, it was God's grace that set them free from slavery in Egypt. But because they did not respond to God's grace with unwavering faith, they were kept from entering the land that flowed with milk and honey. Now, that doesn't mean they weren't God's children or, or that they didn't get to heaven when they died in the wilderness. That, that would actually take the facts of the case way too far. Remember, Moses was among the number who died on the doorstep of Canaan land. The message here is, is that our steadfast obedience to God serves as a lid lifter for life with God. Okay, it opens the door to the abundant life that God envisions for us. And if we fall short of obedience, then we're going to leave some of God's blessings on the table. There's just no other way to look at it. Second, faith and obedience are inextricably tied together. Look again at verses 18 and 19. And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter, that is their inheritance, the promised land, simply because of their unbelief. They didn't obey. They didn't take the land because they didn't believe they could. Okay, if they had believed, if they had maintained their faith, the same faith they had when they marched out of Egypt, they would have experienced God's rest because they would have overcome the inhabitants of the land. But because they didn't believe, they chose not to obey, and they forfeited God's blessing. Faith and obedience are two sides of the same coin. The message here is simple. It's in verse, verses 12 through 14. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end. What's he saying? Choose faith, and you choose the life that Christ died to give you. Now that's truth worth living. Thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night for our Bible study, continuing in the book of Mark, and then on Sunday morning as we continue our great study in the book of Nehemiah. God bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and give you peace. I'll see you tomorrow night.